Welcome to the station tapes at 21 Soul. I'm your host, Lewis Marks, and I'm here at the old train station across the river from the great city of Philadelphia. Snack Cat is a New York band that blends soul, rock, jazz, blues, and funk. The seven-piece band is comprised of some of the top young players from various scenes, and they've been honing their sound for the past few years. Their new self-titled EP was released May 10th at Ropadope, showing the tight writing and arrangement of founder Alexi Glick. These are heartfelt songs, carefully crafted by a polished band. I sat down with Alexi to find out what keeps Snack Cat moving. So here we are again, the station tapes, and I am here, happy to welcome Mr. Alexi Glick from the band Snack Cat. How are you? I'm doing great. How, how, how are you? It's great to be here with you. All right, man. Thanks for taking the time to spend with us, and I got some things I want to dig into. First... And this one is something you probably answer every day. <laughs> Why Snack Cat? Yeah, totally. It's funny. We uh, Snack Cat, we play a lot of these uh, so far sounds, which are like these, you know, kind of a uh, house, con- it's like this big house concert series or just unusual venues. And we probably played about 50 of them. And every single one of them, they ask the same question. So I've actually had some practice answering it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, basically, um, I, uh, it's kind of a funny story. I, um, you know, I'm, you know, uh, really come from a jazz background and I had all these gigs kind of like early on in New York, um, that, you know, had, um, that, I don't know, just for some reason had like a bunch of like snacks and I would always say, let's go get some snacks or I don't know. So somehow, this trumpet player in New York called Benny Benack wound up calling me the snack man. And he would always say, I have a gig with the snack man whenever we would post on social media. And then this name somehow caught on. Uh, so I just became known as the snack man uh, for a couple of years. And then when I was uh, putting the band together um, a few years back with Jeff uh, and Nathan, Jeff was like, we should name it snack something. So I just thought of a bunch of different animal names. There's actually a page called Snack Rat on Facebook now. It's <laughs> like one like because we almost named it Snack Rat, but then that just seemed a little off-putting. So we went with Snack Cat. It just sounded better. <laughs> wow. So yeah, I guess that's the story. <laughs> uh, a better story than I expected, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're the snack cat. I love it. Yeah. So, yeah. so you referenced that you you jazz training. Um, where did you grow up? And, and how uh, you- yeah, so I I uh, grew up in New York, actually, kind of, I guess, one of the few New Yorkers that grew up in New York and actually am still, still, still living here, although I lived in uh, Baltimore for quite a few years as well. Um, so, yeah, I was exposed. My father's a musician. Uh, he's a folk musician, actually, and I was exposed to jazz at, you know, a pretty young age, you know, of course, as a guitar player, I started, you know, like, when I was, like, 12 years old, you know, just loving, like, all these classic rock bands, but, um, you know, because I grew up in New York and also had a, came from a musical family, I was exposed to jazz, I guess, in my early teens and really just fell in love with it, um, you know, uh, and, uh, yeah, that's kind of, uh, I guess I sort of made you know, uh, came to the dark side, uh, you know, when I was about 13, you know, I got introduced to like John McLaughlin and the Mahavishnu Orchestra and that transitioned into like, 
being like, oh, wow, Pat Martino's a really freaking good guitar player. And then, oh, man, there's so many other good guitar players that play this kind of music. And then from there, just kind of blossomed, you know, my love for, uh, for jazz. So where did, you, where did you go to school? Uh, I went to school at the uh, Peabody Conservatory in Baltimore. Um, and, uh, yeah, I studied with this uh, guitar player, Paul Ballin, back who we still actually get together and, like, he's become a really good friend and just, you know, play together once a week just to kind of shed. And, uh, yeah, I was a jazz major there. But, you know, I also, uh, during my time there, although, you know, I guess originally I was just, like, super into, like, bebop and straight-ahead jazz, you know, I kind of started to really check out a lot more kinds of, like, a lot of funk and soul and a lot of kind of crossover music and um you know just that i guess a lot of my peers kind of exposed me to uh and i love that city i still go back uh fairly often you know at least once a year so so you moved back to new york then to like where where did your career start what was your first pro professional gig yeah that's a good question so i mean i did do a little bit of playing um you know when i was in baltimore you know, uh, I had this uh, weekly gig uh, at this place called The Wine Cellar. Uh, that was a jazz club in Baltimore my senior year of college. Before that, I also played a few, you know, other gigs around town and, you know, was in some different college bands. Uh, but that was, uh, I guess, my first kind of like really steady professional gig. Although uh, some interesting half things happened there, actually. I remember these one, one time, and it was kind of a classic Baltimore story, but these guys in CMAP came in and robbed the place while we were playing there, actually. And I just grabbed my guitar and ran outside. Oh, uh, but uh, yeah, that was kind of my, uh, that was my first sort of, uh, you know, I guess steady, you know, professional gig. And then, you know, after I graduated from Peabody, I moved back to New York pretty soon after and really started my career. Um, you know, uh, yeah, I guess, you know, in New York, um, you know, right after just originally just playing a few like kind of restaurant gigs and jazz gigs, you know, would played in a few different bands, nothing, you know, too great. Uh, and then, uh, yeah. And then I, I just started, I don't know, somehow I just, I really wanted to form my own group. And then uh, this was before Snack Cut. I, I formed this group called BAM with a few of the members that are actually in Snack Cat now. And I just, that was, I guess, initially when I started, writing and composing uh you know for my own project uh and it was it was a little bit more just kind of a of a rock band had still had some jazz elements but you know um that was kind of i guess my first sort of venture into like you know doing something that you know i guess is you know what snack hat you know is today um Let's talk about that for a second. I mean, because, you know, from the outside, you'd be like, okay, here's this cat, he's trained to jazz, Pat Martino, John McLaughlin, so on and so forth. And then you come around to, to have this band that I think 99 people out of 100, if asked, is this a jazz band, would say absolutely not. All right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Is that basically like uh, based, on your, based on your influences or is it just kind of the way you write and the things you want to write? Yeah, totally. Well, I mean, I guess, like, I started, you know, like, when I was, like, again, like, 12 years old, I was hugely influenced by, like, you know, ACDC and The Who and Led Zeppelin, and, you know, those are kind of, like, you know, my initial kind of, like, musical heroes, um, you know, and, uh, yeah, I, I 
you know, for a while, you know, especially like in school, you know, I was pretty much just focused on jazz. Although, as I said earlier, you know, I'd, I started to branch out a little bit towards my end of time there. But I don't know, something happened like, you know, I think it's just the nature of all the different gigs that you have to play as a full-time musician, you know, in New York, you know, whether it's just all these wedding gigs or corporate gigs or cover gigs or for me, I also do some like theater Broadway type stuff. And, you know, and I don't know, as I was, you know, kind of, you know, just sort of forced in my early 20s, you know, to kind of play a lot of these different kinds of music. I just remembered how much I loved just like rock and roll and, you know, classic soul and R&B, like people like Otis Redding and Stevie Wonder and, Songs. you know, uh, classic rock. Yeah, just like unbelievable songwriting. It's just such an innate sort of joy and wonderful energy. In. And uh, I think that was really kind of when I started to really fall back in love, you know, with some of my roots. And then uh, my own writing, you know, I just, yeah, I mean, I just really want to, you know, some people really kind of write more for themselves, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I do, too, in a certain sense, but just as, like, a pretty social person in general, I really want to reach a wider audience. And I just, you know, for me, it just made me happy kind of writing songs that, you know, were influenced by a lot of my jazz roots, but could really connect with a wider audience and incorporated a lot of the other kinds of music that I love so much, such as, you know, rock soul r&b funk you mm -hmm. know mm -hmm. uh yeah so i guess that's kind of how that all came about sort of like building a pub a public space instead of your own house yeah 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 exactly a place for everyone to be interesting yeah so this will be the first release uh here at rope Dope that is going to be uh in, in, in a new creative endeavor part of a story and the story yeah. is Andy's picks. And it all starts yeah. with a gentleman by the name of Andrew Neasley, whom I still call Andrew and not Andy, but I'm going to have to change <laughs> that, I suppose. Um, so how did you meet Andy Neasley? Oh, man. So initially, we uh, both played in this uh, jazz orchestra called the Seth Weaver Big Band. And Seth is actually in Snack Hat now. So it's kind of this giant you know, New York family, I guess, of you know, um, you know, musicians, but, uh, yeah, we just like really kind of hit it off. You know, we just, you know, a few times went out for a few beers after, you know, um, you know, our, um, you know, big band shows and it's just, you know, both of me and Andy also were people that had, you know, done some like sort of like booking and concert presenting in New York and had just, you know, kind of were, both people that were interested in a lot of just different aspects of, you know, the whole like New York music scene. And I really admired him for like, you know, and, you know, still do obviously for just all the things that he puts together and, you know, just, uh, he's a pretty incredible multi-talented guy. And, uh, yeah, we just kind of developed this strong, you know, friendship, uh, and, uh, you know, then Jesus on the main line, you know, his band and snack hat, you know, have done some collaboration and, um, mm -hmm. You know, we just, uh, yeah, he also, uh, you know, now runs some, you know, music series on the Upper West Side, as do I, and, you know, we always just kind of, you know, I actually even just saw him last night, you know, we just uh, kind of just hang out and, you know, talk about music and it's really, life very often, you know. It's really interesting. I mean, you know, I, I wonder if it's always been this way. I, I, certainly, 
the record doesn't show that it was. Uh, back in the day, if a jazz musician were to do a an Americana style record or you know a folk record or a rock record or even a song uh it seems to me that people would have would have would have been completely surprised and yet you're part of a what seems to me to be a growing number of people andy andy obviously included of a really broad range of musical interest uh understanding uh and even influence uh, so you're taking what you learned in jazz do you do and, and and applying it to to other interests in the in the music that you write, is is this? Uh, can you speak a little to that? I mean, is is it just necessity because you had to take so many gigs because jazz isn't selling, or or you know, what does it feel like for you? Does it just feel well, for me? For me, it's very it's a very natural thing. It's just kind of I guess in some ways it's like well, first of all, it's you know what. I just feel comfortable writing and for whatever reason, all these different influences, you know, um, you know, kind of come together to, you know, you know, and, uh, you know, produce, I guess, kind of a lot of, you know, I guess, you know, what Snack Hat is and a lot of sort of this crossover, you know, music and this kind of growing music scene that, you know, has a lot of jazz harmony and improvisation, but is, you know, overall more, you know, you would say like funk, soul, R&B. Um, you know, I think, um, you know, we're also obviously a product of, you know, like in any era, you know, of the gigs that we, you know, kind of need to take, I guess, to survive. And, you know, for me, you know, a lot of those gigs, like, you know, let's say even wedding gigs early on and, you know, still do place, you know, a lot of weddings, like, you know, you get to learn a lot of the best songs ever written. Now, of course, there are also songs like Sweet Caroline that I never want to have to play again, you know, but I will. Uh, you know, but <laughs> you're also learning, yeah, you know, I mean, some of the greatest songs ever written, you know, all this like, you know, Stevie Wonder and, you know, uh, Rolling Stones and, you know, Beatles songs. And, you know, yeah. I think that, you know, really helped with sort of my like writing style and writing structure. And, you know, um, the deeper you kind of get into a lot of those songs, you realize just how well they are written. And but for me also, I just have such, yeah, totally. And, you know, uh, for me, I, you know, just also, but I also just love, you know, interaction between musicians. That's really, you know, and the improvisation of jazz. So just having, you know, you know, being able to really write melodies that people are drawn to and have, you know, kind of the energy of like, you know, rock, my like, you know, rock and roll gods or, you know, that I, you know, loved so much, you know, growing up. But also being able to interact and improvise, you know, mm -hmm. with the musicians around me, I kind of, I think is kind of where, I guess, just my influences and, you know, the gigs that I've, you know, had to take and what I'm just passionate and drawn to and feel comfortable with, uh, you know, and, you know, where all that has kind of taken me. Um, do you feel that there are any that makes sense. It does. Yeah. Do you feel that there are any restrictions on, 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 on you know, what, what, a, what a song needs to sound like? Um, when you're, when you're doing it, are you thinking about that? You'd be like, wow, man, that, 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 you know, you shouldn't solo. You know, it sounds too bad. Actually, yeah. actually, no. I mean, I think, I think, uh, I used to be a lot more concerned with that. 
I used to kind of, you know, because I also still do play, you know, some jazz, although, you know, at this point, Snackhead is, you know, my, you know, what I'm most passionate about and what I put, you know, pretty much all my energy and, you know, creative energy into. But initially, you know, earlier on, I would like write different songs and I'd say, this is for my jazz trio. This is for my rock band, you know, put them in different compartments. But, right. you know, I don't know, the more I developed and, you know, my like, just think about even my favorite musicians, you know, and, you know, even just guitar players, you know, they kind of take all these influences and create, you know, kind of one singular voice. So that's kind of what I'm striving to do, you know, not to, you know, be put in, you know, any kind of a box or, you know, mm-hmm. just to try to make some, some music, you know, yeah, uh, I mean, and just draw from all these different influences. Yeah. We're, we're, we're talking a lot about that. And I, th- I, th- I think that the same kind of liberation needs to happen. Um, on, on the listener side, you know, I mean, there's a little process you go through when you listen to a record and you're like, Oh, that, you know, that sounds like this. Uh, one of the first things that you do, you know, and then you hear a different element and you're like, wait a minute, what's going on here? You know, um, rather than just going, okay, I'll just listen to it, you know? And, um, I, I, I I found you, I found, I find the album extremely compelling, um, because it takes me to different places. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's just so, it's so not any, not a genre that it's, that it's liberating, you know, you're just like, oh, okay, well, I can stop this intellectual process now and just enjoy the music uh, without putting it. In. <laughs> yeah. um, do you have, this is a weird one. I don't think I've ever asked anybody this, but uh, I want, I want to see where it might go. Um, do you have any advice for younger musicians that are coming onto the scene? Cause you, you've obviously, done the hustle everything that oh, needs to happen to make things work what would you say to somebody who's you know 10 to 15 years younger uh, coming into the game man that's a that's a very good question i mean i think um the biggest piece of advice that i could give to any musician is just don't you know close yourself off to any particular kind of music you know i think in this day and age you have to do so many different things and be really versatile and even finding your own voice you know if you just play bebop or just play you know uh pop music or just you know play i think that really limits you and you know the musicians that i really see you know that you know at least in new york and in my immediate community that are really doing well can really play a lot of different kinds of music convincingly, you know, um, I think that's a huge piece of advice. The other piece of advice that I would give is just like, you know, learn how to send an email and not be an asshole. I guess, you know, that's also a huge part of it. You know, that's a good and you'd be surprised how, how, you know, many people don't get that, you know, like really talented guys that came up with, but this could never get that part together, you know, uh, so yeah, I mean, those would kind of be my two real big pieces of advice, you know. I like uh, the second one a lot. Yeah. I like the second one a lot yeah. because I get a few, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I think your wording's a little bit strong, but you know, you can tell. A yeah, lot. sorry. <laughs> you can tell a lot about a person, or you, or you may not get enough information about a person depending on how their email is structured uh, to you, um, and people really. Yeah. Sh- put themselves in the other person's shoes uh, when writing to see how it might be received, you know? Uh, so yeah, that is great advice. I'm going to, I'm going to second that, second that motion. Uh, <laughs> totally. 
So we the the Andy's pick story is all about uh, uh, different influences uh, and 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 uh, genre crossing and and also it's about some of the roots of of the music that uh, all of you guys are playing and and Snackhead is the first of these records uh, to come out and this this is a this is a really interesting band. I'm looking forward to people hearing. Uh, this record, self-titled Snack Cat, uh, out on May 10th with pre-orders on April 12th. Um, <clears throat> I just want to say thank you very much for, for making great music and, and for spending time with me, Alexi. Uh, and uh, I look forward to, to rolling this out. Man, thank you so much, Lewis. Really appreciate everything that you and the rest of the like Rope It Up family are doing. It's been really great, you know, working with you guys. And uh, yeah, thank you so much. I can't thank you enough. Thank you all for tuning in to the station tapes. If you like what we do, please subscribe on Mixcloud at Twenty One Soul. You can also find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Google, and wherever else pods are cast. Our video interview series is available on YouTube at Rope It Up Ninety Nine. And you can find out more about the artists we speak with at Robodope.com. Thanks to the 21 Soul team, Nick Perry and Steven Yashevsky on production, Larry Yetman on video, and the great Fabian Brown on the creativity and positive energy tip. Our theme song is from Red Hook Soul by saxophonist Michael Blake. You can find out more about Michael Blake at michaelblake.bandcamp.com or on your favorite streaming service. Finally, thanks to all of you who keep the flame burning for independent quality music. To the musicians who pour their creativity into the world, and to those of you who are taking the time to listen, we hope you enjoy the show.